We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? I'm laughing before we get going today because we we're doing the second of back-to-back episodes here with my guy, Tom Fox, and our first taping literally the first five minutes you bitching about how long the opening is so i just pictured you as i started talking but i gotta do it man i gotta do it so what's going on everybody welcome to another episode of talking buffalo your weekday daily driver for buffalo sports talk and more my name is patrick moran joined by tone pucks thank you everybody for watching for listening for for following for subscribing Got through a what day a does this episode. come out? This comes out on Wednesday. We're taping this late. What Sunday. day do you hit the waters? I hit the what day do I hit the waters? What day Thursday. do you hit the waters on the cruise? When this drops, I'll be in Florida. Oh, okay. Spending two days. This, I, I go on the cruise early Thursday morning. So this drops the day before I go on the so cruise. So other than other than a, a plane crash, <laughs> there's no there's no chance that you will have met your demise uh on this on this Correct. vacation as of yet. Correct. The show goes on. Correct. Have you ever been on a cruise, by the way? Nope. Nope. Do you have any desire to go on a cruise? Yeah, I'd, I'd fuck with a cruise. I'd, I'd fuck with a cruise big time, bro. I mean, now listen, the, the current state of the kids, I'd be scared to death. All right, with those two kids and my wife, uh, you know, girlfriend who who tends to be a little jittery. I mean, the minute they're out of sight, you know, it's it's Rose DeWitt and off the off the, you know, the bow of the ship type type of shit, man. I mean, it would be it would be tough. It would be tough. All right. With those two. But just generally speaking, being on the waters with just, you know, oodles and oodles of recreational shit at my disposal. Yeah. All right. I'm all about it. I'm, I'm a, I am a recreational kind of guy, man. Booze me, gamble me, you know, like, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I like some pools. Give me some pools. I like to swim a little bit too. Love the idea of there being a pool on a cruise trip or, or on a, on a cruise ship. All that stuff appeals to me. There's not this. So now this cruise that we're going on isn't just my wife and I. It is this, well, this is group called MVP. It's a sports and recreational social group in Florida. 250 people in total are going. Probably a good 70 to 80 of those we personally know. Maybe 20 or 30 of those are actually pretty good friends. So I'm looking forward to that. And somebody's getting married. So there's a wedding that's going on during this cruise. You mentioned a lot of the other stuff. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I wasn't for a long time, and I think it's because of the bills. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm putting the brakes on this whole episode right now because what I was going to ask you was, you know, are you going to come back with a sweet tan? And then I thought it just about you know your appearance as a whole and something that (laughs) I failed to bring up. Um, after I think you know it may have been prematurely. detonated did you not do the beard until uh, all the way until the end of january no, i don't think you did i paid it off i paid off the bet that's not that's that's I paid not it off. look man all right that's lame 
Well, I think my issue might be with Shane more so than you. <laughs> There's no paying it paying it off. He plays you was- make you make your guy go all the way until he makes the absolute you know, until he looks as you know, as dorky as he possibly can and you get as much time to ridicule him. I was getting there already. Out of it. I was getting there already. It cost me 200 fucking dollars. To get out of that bed, I had to buy him a pair of uh, gaming headsets with a microphone on it. That was my out. And I think I went maybe 11, 12 days. I was supposed to go six weeks. Soft out. Well, it was a soft out. Agreed. But A, I do this show every day. I'm in front of this stupid camera every day. I have another job. Look, dude. I agree. You should have had to wear the beard. You should have had to grow the beard. It wasn't a beard. It was a one. Like a moron. It's Look. Forget about the patchy parts. Like a lot of people get patches when they grow beards, especially early on. And then they go through them. Half my, my left side of my face literally had significantly more hair than the right side. It's like I could grow a beard on one side of my face. I look like a. <laughs> and you, you should have stuck with it. No. Well, all right. Well, you it cost, it cost me 215 bucks. He got a free $215 headset because I never had a fucking chance to win the bet, which was a weight loss bet, by the way. For everyone who's wondering what we're even talking about, I bet my kid that I would lose 10 pounds within a certain amount of time, and I didn't. I didn't even come close. In fact, I actually weigh eight more pounds now than when we made that bet. I said, so knowing, knowing that we were going on a cruise. What do you weigh, bro? I weighed myself. I don't weigh a lot. I don't weigh a lot. I weigh about two. I weigh about 205. It's not a lot of weight. I weighed in at 214 at the at the Y the other Did day. Did you really? Yes. Yeah, you I got just, me by like two inches, too. Yeah, a little bit I'm taller. definitely fatter. <laughs> I well see I got a very small frame. Like I'm meant to be like 175. No, you got a belly. I got a belly and I got a face, a fat face and a, and a fat chin. That's literally where all the weight is on me. It's funny because when we knew we were going on this cruise forever and I made a cons- well it was supposed to be a concerted effort. I wanted to drop 15 pounds or so, I wanted to look my best, feel my best going on this cruise, ended up gaining eight and a half pounds. That's how, that's how that shit played out. Nobody cares though. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Just like nobody people cared. Would have cared. People would have cared if we had a storyline to talk about that involved the Bills being in the Super Bowl with you heading on a cruise. I was right? looking I mean, forward that to that. That would have been worth talking about for sure. That was part of the reason why. I mean, we knew the dates of the cruise. We knew the Super Bowl date before we booked the cruise. Knew there was going to be, a, you know, the chance that the Bills would be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I was looking forward to that for that specific reason too. It would have been like. You know, would have been content and stories to talk about on a cruise ship in Mexico and shit that nobody else would have had. It would have been completely different. Um, anyway, yesterday's show, we, we we talked about the Sabres. Today, we're going to talk Buffalo Bills more specifically. This is going to be our... Still a mail-it-in. It is a mail-it-in. Not losing... It's a content filler. That it's another, it's it, another mail it in episode. It's one of those shows that you do where you don't really have to worry about a lot happening. Like this isn't going to, we're recording this three days before it drops, but it's still content. I think that people will have an opinion on because you always have a war. Sabres would have played by now, right? Yeah. The Sabres, right. by the time people are watching and listening to this, the Sabres play played. Yes. I, and maybe I'll take back everything I said on yesterday's, on yesterday's episode. <laughs> um, yeah. So if anything crazy happens over the next two or three days since between taping this and it dropping, just know that we've already taped. So if any crazy bill shit or any Buffalo crazy shit happens, I think we'll see some baseball movement. I think there's a chance for that coming off the big, uh, the big, uh, okay. Okay. Here, here's, here we go. Yeah, dude. Are you at least aware that Corbin Burns got yes. traded from the Milwaukee yes, Brewers to the Baltimore? Yes, yeah. I am. I am aware of that. Right. It's crazy how good Baltimore got so quickly. It seems. As somebody who hasn't paid attention to too much baseball over the last couple of years, for sure. The well, Orioles the went from kind of laughing they're, stock. They're, to, they're in the heart of, you know, number one prospect, putting a number one prospect out there almost every year. You know what I mean? Um, and it was they, all of, they're the clear cut AL East favorites, right? Am I right? Yeah, the, uh, the am, amongst are. yeah, amongst rational fans. I mean, I'm sure there's you know, you know, Ryan comes to mind. I'm sure there's some uh, some fans out there, uh, you know, that thinks putting Judge and Soto together in a lineup might do something. I personally, uh, I don't know what the what the Burns trade did to Baltimore's 
um, you know, betting odds. Uh, I think a good bet in the um, uh, in the AL East might be Toronto because I think you might get them at a uh, uh, at a number that uh, you love that having everything focused back to gambling. Yeah, well, I mean, it just it, it really it really tells the story now. Now that it's part of um, you would have won last football. You pounded the table before the season. I I'll give I you ended, credit. I ended up with the Tampa nothing. Bay Bucks. I ended up with nothing. Yeah, on that. but you pounded I them. In, I had that in like a stupid college parlay here or there that went nowhere. What an absolute terrible job by me and a classic gambler faux pas of taking something you really like and just having to get it in all this, all this other stuff. All I needed to do was throw a hundred dollars on Tampa Bay to, you know, to win the, win the South. You won like 800 at the time, right? There was there one was point when I first really liked it, when I, when I first saw it and really liked it, they were plus, a, they were plus a thousand. Wow. Well, Toronto wouldn't be. Uh, Toronto. I'd probably think, Three. you know, after the, yes, I think, uh See? three three fifty uh you know maybe for toronto boston man boston boston has done nothing i don't know if you pay attention to the uh, I, I don't know if you 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 don't know who jared carabas is probably a former uh mets no he's he's a uh, how about no no he's not a player i don't know how i would describe him but like in like uh uh a very uh hip upstart social media baseball guy i'm not sure who his affiliation is is with maybe mlb network on a small scale or something like that he comes out of boston and he's an unabashed uh red sox fan that sort of thing um but you know carabas was uh always always bringing up how you know in, in boston right now their fans are furious, bro. Their Don't fans feel like are they're like, trying to win right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You're you're not even trying. Um, so that's that's big. That's you know, that's for Boston to be out of that mix. But Tampa has incredible prospects, um, of which I'm sure you don't you don't even know who they are. And but Tampa looks ready to reload if they uh um if if their arms get healthy, they've got a lot of a lot of good young arms. How did I don't know how we got here, but could we just stay here? <laughs> well, we just, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I'm a Yankees fan, so that is the one team that on I, I do follow. The Yankees, that is the one team I do follow. But I'm going to be honest with you, kind of like how you feel, maybe certainly not to the extent on yesterday's show with your rant on the Sabers, but I don't love the Yankees right now. I mean, I like they're my team, but like I don't think they're that good. They're they're too they're way too reliant on health for a bunch of players that seem to get hurt a lot that have a lot of health issues or, or risk I should say I mean I like obviously the pickup so don't you'd be dumb to not like that but like they're talking about the pitching staff and what Strowman um I'm losing my train of thought already the other no, guys are hey, I go back to last year man they they way overpaid for Rodon there was no yeah Rodon that's the no guy I couldn't reason to give Rodon that kind of money man right that's what I'm saying they got too many guys so and, many like, other things you could do all these guys got to stay healthy for the Yankees to to be in the mix and I and I just don't I can't wait I I'm so happy though that I have baseball when the, when the Bills end man because like I have I have just totally do the savers disappointments fight in that why why haven't you fired up the yahoo league yet man i will soon after the the cruise after the cruise i will do the savers it was your favorite day of the year you couldn't wait you couldn't wait to be able to fire our yahoo league back up now you don't even know that it's that it's available to fire (laughs) back up man we've been doing at least 13 years let me tell you something man you're at risk of losing me as a, as an owner. <laughs> it's been 13, 14 years. I think we've been, we've had that league for now. Yeah. I mean, and it's still super important to me, even though, um, it's one of my l- lower value leagues. I don't, I, I think we were finally up to a hundred, but that yeah. ain't shit compared to some others, um, that I fuck with. And, uh, but it still matters. You know what I mean? I mean, sure. it still matters a lot. And, uh, and the fact that you haven't, got it back up yet this year after it's you know yahoo fantasy baseball has been available this long 
is just such a disappointment. I haven't you, thought about you it, man. Are such a disappointment. I just I'm not in the baseball like I used to be. <laughs> After this cruise, I'll kind of I'll pivot a little bit anyway. So today's episode is primarily focused on the Buffalo Bills. We're going to have the, our season-ending award episode, the good, the bad, the ugly of the 2023 Buffalo Bills. We should have done this. We should have done it like the good, the bad, the ugly of like our episodes and takes throughout the year. Uh, Who cares about uh, the good, you know, awards for the bills. These should be like our awards, like, like something super stupid that like would have been more original or or something like that. This isn't what we're doing. Isn't original per se, but I will say doing these. What I like about these is that people have opinions. And they get a lot of interaction, a lot of feedback from these, whether they agree with us, whether they disagree with us. Before we get into awards, though, let me ask you this. Are you surprised that you have been able to move on from the season the way it ended, losing at home against the Kansas City Chiefs, the team that you wanted? Are you surprised that you've been able to pretty much, at least from what I could tell, completely get over that and you're already on to to this offseason and the next season as quickly and as easily as you have? No, man. I mean, I'm just, I'm not the least bit surprised in it. I, uh, every year it happens by about the 48th hour or so, I remember how capable I am of moving on from it. I remember how impossible some of the losses were back in the day to get over home on throwback man that one i like i remember everything man i I remember walking out of my uh you know a a buddy's house that day um you know one of the rare guys with like a big screen tv you know it was before hd and all that stuff so me and scully went and watched it on a on a a collection colleagues big screen tv i mean we like the guy a lot too but um what game you talking about what year home on throwback bro Oh, oh, okay. Whatever. I mean, whatever you want to call it, the lateral. I don't know. I, to me, it was. I've always, I've always felt it was a legal play, even before I started officiating. Did you ever? We never talked about that. Um, what, what are your thoughts? I always thought, I always thought home and throwback was a legal play. You thought it was a legal play? Yeah, totally. I thought it was too like close. Like the minute I, the minute I saw it, I was like, "We're fucked. We lost this football." Game. I, 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 look. Well, I, no, I, not the minute I saw it. The minute I, my first glance, at live action was. Oh, that's forward, man. That's forward. We're fine. Then the first time they really broke it down, I was like, we're about to lose this football game. This is the worst day of my life. You know what's funny is if that happened years later, it would have been that's so billsy. But this was before the Bills got billsy. You know what I mean? Before they went, on, bit, seven, yeah, yeah, before they went yeah. on 17 straight years of, of not making the fucking playoffs. So this was like the catapult to, to the drought, literally. Um. And I, it's funny is that was the first playoff game I ever watched with my wife. Well, she was my girlfriend at the time, became my wife. And then would it be 17 years later, living in Florida before we got to watch a, a Bills playoff game together. I believe, honestly, that whatever the call was on the field, it was shouldn't have been overturned. So if they would have called it an illegal pass, then yeah. it would have been illegal. I don't think there was evidence one way or the other to ever completely overturn. Well, anyways, that's the that's the game, even maybe even more so than wide right, bro. Even because 47 yarders back in 1990 weren't automatic. Um, so maybe even more so than wide right. Uh, when I think about what I've overcome as a Bills fan and and how uh I'm able to kind of you know get back to baseline after a devastating end of the season, home run throwback is usually the one that I uh you know, generally I, sure go back to if we had this pot i had this podcast if you were on this podcast and we did a live show let's just say maybe <laughs> half hour hour after 20 would go never my after, god I after 13 been. seconds after 13 seconds how do you think you would have handled that had you been a podcaster oh, with me during that brutal. time in that moment wow. i didn't do a show so that was on sunday obviously and i didn't at the time it wasn't daily i did not do a show sunday I don't think we recorded something until late Monday night. So I had 24 hours to process it, and I was still shell-shocked. Do you think you would have been able to go on the air and, and do something live yeah, that quick sure. after 13 seconds? Really? Well, just because I remember where I was for 13 seconds happened to be one of those ones where I wasn't nothing but in the living room of a very quiet house. Okay? Man. The kids were young, right? So the kids are upstairs sleeping, and you're in 
no matter what, no matter what's going on on the television set, no matter how big of a sports event is going on on the television set, you're in, I, I can't make a noise mode, right? So there was, there was a certain element of the environment, you know, subduing me for 13 seconds to where I imagine I could have jumped on and talked about it. That was but my like worst modern day, moment. modern day tone. All right. Who's probably like ripping like a full pack of cigarettes during that game. <laughs> all right. And four, you know, white claws or something, you know, I'm, I'm not sloppy tone, like back in the day, sloppy tone, you know what I mean? But modern day tone, who modern day tone is probably a little bit of uh coming off a little bit of a roller coaster um you know if 13 seconds hit me hit me now 13 seconds is a good one to bring up uh as i brought up uh you know uh what do you call it what did i bring up the home run throwback home run throwback yeah 13 seconds right there with it just 13 seconds was my worst moment as a, as a as a sports fan it was the worst moment i've ever had it was worse than a throwback it was worse than wide right wide right i was just numb 13 seconds i just couldn't believe as it was happening in real time because it wasn't one play you know like the field goal was one kick the home run was one play 13 seconds was a series of bad things that had to happen is literally the only way the Bills could well, blow that lead. Well, there's, there's three. Two plays. There's three. Yeah, the field goal wasn't the, a, wasn't like no, 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 no. The kick, the kickoff with 13 seconds. I don't, I don't, I, I don't dwell on. And the then kick two cheese plays. People do, but it was still it was three plays and then the kick. So like four different things had to happen in 13 yeah, yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah. So I just couldn't believe it. It was so frustrating in real time. Just that series of events. Well, but, back to what you're saying though. All right. That's my aunt. That's that's how I get over it in 48 hours. That's your man. comparison. I just remember. I just remember. I've been here before. All right. It's been worse before. And at Agreed. the end, at the end of the day, um, I look at this game and and see reasons why we lost. You know what I mean? There were just it was it wasn't that unfathomable. We were we were dinged in crucial spots and when the game was on the line, we didn't we didn't punch it into the end zone. You know, I mean, it was just it was just. It's interesting to hear you talk about the Bills and Sabers so differently about the same topic with injuries. Like with the Bills, you give a lot of benefit of the doubt to the injuries being a significant reason why they lost. With the Sabers, it seems like you put very little stock into significant injuries. That they've had throughout this season, well, so because far. it's one in it's it's the differences in football. Well, first of all, the difference with the Bills is they, in reality, they overcame those those injuries and ended up in a two seed. Okay, like mm -hmm. they, um, they responded to those to those injuries, but once they got into a game with an absolute juggernaut uh, and a dynasty quarterback who will go down as one of the best of all time. All right, you got exposed in in some of those. Not only all right, did the injuries that happened during the course of the season happen, but you know, one of the holdovers who stayed healthy and was arguably your MVP and I saw him on the cover of, you know, the the episode today, so I think we're probably both going to put him, you know, as our defensive player of the year. There he is. You know, you lose him and all of a sudden I mean, I mean it's just it's just big. In the case of the Sabers, all right, it's an 82-game season. The injuries happen, um, and the difference is the Sabres don't respond. Yeah, You know, the Bills, okay, yeah, they, they may have lost a playoff game, a, you know, a divisional final, the final eight teams in the NFL, and I'm going to make an excuse for them, but this Sabre team doesn't even give you a chance to make an excuse for them. They just shit the bed in the regular season, you know, even, even with, um, you know, guys who at least, fill the void a little bit yeah it's it's apples and oranges man i i i appreciate the comparison you know giving the bills the pass and the sabers 
you know, not so much so, but it's apples and oranges in the way it affects the, the season and how they respond to it. Yeah. The, the Bills still give me enjoyment. All I'm looking for out of this is enjoyment. One of the reasons why it's also fairly easy for me to turn the page is because I look back at the Bills season and I'm like, I enjoyed that shit. All right. Yeah. The six and six star was brutal, but all of a sudden, we go on this run where the number two were hosting our nemesis. I had a blast with that stuff. Can't fucking remember the last time I had a blast with anything that the Buffalo Sabres did. And I, I couldn't agree less because I, this was the least enjoyable bill season. I can remember in quite a while, at least certainly during the Josh Allen or let me put it that way, since they've started becoming a perennial contender anyway. All right, let's get to these awards. I, I want to get to... In and out of them. I in and out of them. What are we at minute-wise right now? We're at about 23 and a half minutes or so. I don't think this needs to exceed 38. <laughs> well, the first one's not going to require much conversation because team MVP is Josh Allen. I mean, come on. It's open and shut case. Due for 4,306 4, yards, 29 touchdowns, 18 picks. Not pretty. Counted for 44 touchdowns. Can we move on? We, he's your MVP. Yeah, we can. Yeah. But I'll say I'll, I'll say this much. All right, the narrative that's out there. I ran into this the other day. I can't remember who I was talking to, but um, the narrative that we're all Josh is is not accurate. The narrative that we're what? That we're all Josh. Oh, like Josh just has to take this terrible football team. Gotcha. And put him on. Put him You're on right. his back. Right. All right. No. Now, I do think that to an extent is what Travis Kelsey was saying when he said it's unbelievable you guys even got here. I think what Travis Kelsey was ultimately giving in that in in that uh in that moment was an honest opinion of everything that happened during the course of the Bills season. The six and six start, you know, I think I, I think Kelsey's a guy who's aware of the injuries that they suffered, things like that. I, you know, whereas, do you know what, the ta- what I'm talking about? Where yeah, Kelsey yeah, says yeah. That? yeah I, I think the idea that a lot of people were, you know, pissed off about that got it wrong. I think Kelsey was kind of saying, hey, man, you know, it's unbelievable that you made it this far. But also there's people out there who are like, this Josh, Josh Allen just has to put like this very mediocre football team on his on his back. I don't agree with that. Agreed. All right. So while Josh Allen is clearly, you know, the MVP of this football team, he ain't fucking Archie Manning. All right, on an eight and eight New Orleans Saints team either. He, he sure. You know, Josh Allen still has pieces. As much as the offense suffered and stuff like that, he still has pieces. He still has a competent defense, and you know, he's 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 not what some kind of imply, which is. Buffalo's only hope. I agree. I agree. And if the Bills won two more games in the regular season, Josh Allen is your NFL MVP. He's not just your Buffalo Bills um, MVP. All right, before we go to break, though, because we're not going to agree with this, actually. Defensive MVP. You So you're saying Terrell Bernard is your defensive MVP for the season. Is that what you're saying? Because I put up on the graphic. Yeah, I'm trying to think, but I'm I'm trying to preemptively think of who you're going to say. Um, I mean, you can literally just look at my notes if you want to know. <laughs> That's right I'm in front of you. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Bernard, and and honestly, if it wasn't for the playoff no show, I'd have somebody different. Uh, I won't say the name in the hope in the you know the thought that maybe he's your guy. Although you were so mad at him for his playoff performance that I can't imagine him being your guy, so I'm going. I'm going Terrell Bernard, and I mean, fuck. I mean, Jesus, look how bad. Look, look, look how much we missed him. <laughs> look how much we missed him. You want to talk about value? I mean, you can go all the way back to to Milano if you wanted, but how can you really give it to someone who only played five games? At the end of the day, though, all right, w- was there ever really anyone more valuable to this defense than Matt Milano? He's just such a damn good football player. Um. In the last 40 seconds, you might have talked, you came close to talking me out of what it is. It's because Oliver. It is it's Ed Oliver. Oliver Ed Oliver is my yeah. defensive MVP. I guess my ballot was turned in before the fucking, uh, yeah. before the Kansas City game. During the regular season, I, this was the best season of his career. Um, nine and a half sacks, which is great. 14 tackles for loss. He had an interception. But most importantly, he was consistently good. Like he played good all season long. Like he, He's always been a flash player, and he has a couple good games. Then he'll go away for a while, and then he comes back. He was consistently good all year. Daquan Jones wasn't there for a lot of the years. 
or a lot of the games. Um, the other defensive tackles, quite frankly, didn't do shit this year. Puna Ford didn't nothing. Laval Joseph, um, Jordan Phillips. None of those guys really did anything. Tim Settle. But Ed Oliver's play never fell off. So I do have him as my defensive MVP. But that makes me more mad at him that he is an absolute disappearing act in the in the playoffs for his second straight year. I, I do have Terrell Bernard, bro. It's not giving, a giving him something it's, it's else. Just, it's just not a disappearing act. From it's it's like here. Let me let me try to give a terrible example that no one will understand. All right. Well, you already had a terrible take. If you're saying it's not a disappearing act, are you kidding me? He literally <laughs> did zero in that game. He got manhandled because they played a good line. All right. It's like you being. It's it's like playing a game at the on, on, on Tommy's Garage's hoop on Bird. And like one day you're being checked by Joe P. Okay. And then like <laughs> the next day, the next day, like, I don't know. Uh, Mike Webb. See. Boom. All right. Mike Webb comes. <laughs> shout out Mike Webb. Right, so shout out President Mike Webb for real. All right. Mike <laughs> Webb comes. And I, I mean, I'm sorry, man. Oliver was simply shut down by Hall of Fame level interior line play. Dude, they, they, it's the same offensive line the Chiefs have had all year, and lots of guys have had success against From that offense. From the edges, bro. We had this yeah. debate on Twitter. They've been getting them from the edges. The Chiefs built their interior. They 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 did not get to the edges. The edges were bad, and um, and that's where their weaknesses were in the line, and we couldn't take advantage from look consistently from sure all right you're not gonna you're not gonna have success for four quarters against great interior offensive alignment but find a way to make a fucking play at some point it's like being pissed at um i don't know being pissed at mitch morse and and saying like oh man you know mitch morse got eaten alive today by aaron donald like let's say the bills and rams something corny all right played in a Super Bowl. Are you going to sit there and say, oh, I man, Mitch Morris just got eaten up by Aaron Donald? No! You're not going to say that because you fucking knew Aaron Donald was going to eat Mitch Morris I up. expected that Oliver to I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not so sure All right, that the same isn't true of just how good that KC interior is. Let me sneak this in at the break. Dalton Kincaid, your rookie of the year. No discussion needed. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back going over Buffalo Bills, end of the season awards. I kind of feel like I disrespected Dalton a little bit. That was actually tribute to him. He's the rookie of the year. Osiris Torrance, nice rookie year. He played every snap. Hopefully, you know, he'll improve. Nice foundation to build on. But Dalton Kincaid, 73 catches or whatever. You know what's interesting, though, about those two players, the comparison between those two players, at least, you know, by the eye test anyways. The skill position player, in this case, Kincaid, is more likely to kind of like, start slow and then ramp up as he learns yeah. things. Whereas the, uh, you know, the interior guy, the line, the lineman, I don't know that this is always the case, but it's kind of seemed like the case with Torrance, you know, he started strong. And then as the 16 game season wore on, I feel like he, 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 he hit made, a wall, he hit, hit a, a rookie wall, wall. He, a little bit. His, you know what PF, I mean, I mean it's kind of interesting when you compare the two. PFF grades. I mean, look, they're not the end all be all. There's a lot of people who have divided opinions about it, but 
his grades were really bad near the end of the season. Um, his plate tailed off some, but again, he is a rookie. I think it was important for him to get all that those reps, and he'll be much better for it uh, going forward. He was all right. Anyway, most pleasant surprise. This is where I have Terrell Bernard. Um, I, I thought he was a chump. I thought it was laughable that he was a starter coming out of camp in the preseason where you literally didn't even play in the preseason. I thought Dotson lost the job, but now never won it over the summer. And then the season started and right in front of our eyes, this impact player uh, evolved. 143 tackles, which okay, I don't care about tackles. Tackles don't mean shit, man. That could be such an overrated stat. But six and a half sacks, three picks, three fumble recoveries, dudes around the football. And to your point about injuries, I think the Bills beat the Chiefs if Terrell Bernard plays. I swear to God, I will go to my grave thinking that. So I got him there. Most pleasant surprise with an honorable mention going to uh, Khalil Shakir. Thought he really stepped up in the back half of the year. And the Bills went from needing a definite wide receiver two this offseason and a three to only really having to worry about the two because I think Khalil Shakir is solid in the slot. So those are my two guys for a pleasant surprise. Well, I'm going to add one to my list then because okay. I actually I'm I'm now going to go as as many as three, um, because I had Shakir. All right, uh, not as my one, not 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 as my one, but I want I definitely want to make make mention of Shakir with which you just did, um, and that's a good thing going forward. The other one was man, we were really, really uncertain as to what we were going to get out of the right tackle position this year, man. All right. And Spencer Brown looked like he he's like a baller. All sure. right. That was nice, man. That was that was a nice surprise. Yeah. But my number one is, you know, when a when a sixth rounder in his second year, fifth or sixth, I don't even know, maybe the seventh. Um six. When a six rounder in his second year solidifies himself, all right, um, as a starting corner in this league, when you did everything imaginable to give it to, uh, you know, well, not, I don't want to say that, but, you know, he wasn't the first guy you were thinking of, man. There was a first rounder in there. All right. There was a, there was a trade. There was a re-signing of, of a free agent who's been around and stuff like that. You know, I mean, Christian Benford was not handed anything, man. And my bro just went out there and took it. And at the end of the day, all right, it's going to come up sooner than later because he's only got four years uh, and he's and he's already in number three. My man's going to get paid, bro. All right, Christian Benford is going to get paid. Nice. Christian and, 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 and just the position that he plays. Um, so... As much as I like to mention uh, some real surprises this year, and one of the reasons those surprises are why I have such optimism sure. moving forward. Like we we had a little uh, Twitter banter back and forth about some of the pieces that are already in play, and all these guys were on those, you know, was, was in that conversation. Um, but you know, with with Trey's uncertainty, I think Christian Benford's play uh, makes Benford Trey a certainty. I think it makes oh, it close. Certainty is, is close. Too much. All right, certainty is too much. Certainty is right. way too but much. It, it makes it more likely for sure. I'm saying for sure. It makes it more likely that Trey White, they can move on from okay, it. Okay, well, I'm going to give you what I think to be a very fair, strong uh, 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 Trey take, okay? Okay. If Trey is like, yo, I am coming back. I know I just had to do it, all right? But I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to grind, and I'm going to be what I was. I'm going to be the football player I was. I don't care where it is, man. Put me a safety. Put me in here. Yo, if that's the way Trey approaches, all right, the Buffalo Bills, then I think the Buffalo Bills find a way to hold on to Trey, okay? I'm just not sure that that's the way Trey's approaching it, all right? And this is no disrespect to the cat, no disrespect to him at all. But if Trey's like, man, I am just bummed as fuck, all right, about these injuries, I'm going to get healthy again, but if the Bills read on it is that he's just he's not in a good headspace and it's fair to wonder about that because even the year that he came back following the injury, you know, Trey's headspace didn't seem that great whether it was just him getting his feet back underneath him the way we hope Von Miller will or something, but you know, tracing the struggle with his return from that injury the first time around, if the bill sensed that those types of struggles, all right, are, 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 uh, 
are going to happen again, or they just don't see a, a super driven, driven dude to get back on the football field, then they may cut him loose. All right. And I think he'll still get picked up. I think, you, you know, I, I feel like I he hate, wants I to hate play. what this His says about over. He wants hate, to play. Yes. Yes. But it's, it's, it's a matter of, is he balls to the wall or not? If he's balls to the wall, find a way. If he's kind of like, you know, if he if he just looks like damaged goods coming out of everything and they got enough data to say that he'll never be the player that he was, that sort of thing, then they'll just have to do what they have to do. And I think people will understand that. Real, real quick here. I just, I can't get there. And I only say that because Russell Douglas ain't going nowhere. You just talked about how say good. that though. With a, he like, ain't going nowhere. He's under contract, but it's year. still one year. I'm I, okay. Not going anywhere this off season. I'm talking about he, right now. He's still just season. he's still just one year. That's what I meant. He's not going okay. anywhere now. He is this not. winter. He is okay. Not. You just talked about Christian Benford, who is really good and he's young and he's cheap for two more years, man. And then you still got Kyrie Elam in the mix, who could be your your third. You're going to pay Trey White money to. To what? To not start? Where's Where's the starting spot for Trey? Unless, unless they feel. I don't think. And I know. I know. I know how much more valuable cornerback is than safety. All right, I know this, but unless they feel that Benford can make some, because they've talked about it. They've talked. They've talked about it. Everybody, anyone who really follows the Bills knows that they've talked about it. All right, if they feel that Benford can somehow affect a football game from the position uh, from the safety position the way that he can the corner position and you want to get a Trey White out there then you can have your cake and eat it too I don't think it's what's going to happen I think it's going to be like listen cornerbacks more valuable there's too much uncertainty with Trey right now Christian Benford is going to stay at cornerback I ultimately I think that's what's gonna that's what's gonna happen but then you open yourself up to can Trey patrol the safety spot? I don't I think love so. That. I just, but who doesn't want a physical dude, man? He's never played in the box. I don't think he can either, but wouldn't it be a fun conversation to have? It, it, it would. Look, there's one scenario where Trey stays Maybe in my Trey opinion. can be in my middle, and Taron Johnson becomes my strong safety. If he gets a new contract, Same. if his contract essentially gets ripped up, restructured, whatever you got to call it, where there's an incentive-laden deal, that's the only scenario I can see Trey White being a Buffalo Bill. All right, let's move on because Trey White's not in any of these uh, categories here. Most disappointing player, I got two, uh, so I'm going to kind of cheat here and call it a tie. Vaughn Miller, the obvious pick, is one of them. He comes back in London from the game in London through the Chiefs game in the playoffs, zero sacks. I don't really need to say anything else more than that. Um, the other guy who might be a little bit of a surprise is Micah Hyde. I just... You know, he's been an impactful player his entire career. And right up until that Chiefs game, the day before the game, when I met up at uh, Wingnuts for Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot's show, I, I told those guys my hot take, my bold prediction was that Micah Hyde was going to make an impactful, game-changing play. Never came. Never came at all during the season. He was out there. He stayed healthy for the most part, the stingers aside. But for the most part, he was healthy. He was out there. He was making tackles, a couple breakups. but no. Picks, no real sacks, no forced fumbles, no no game-changing type plays from a guy who's been a game-changing type player his entire career. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with both of them. Yeah, well, if you were a big enough player uh out there in the Bills Twitter pond or and beyond, uh, you know, then you would probably catch quite a bit of flack for uh for Micah Hyde. Um, Am I wrong though? Yeah, probably. Well, how? What did he do? No disrespect. Look, I love Micah Hyde as a, know, as a man, player. I'll tell you what he did. And a guy. You know, dude, he, do? he played. Dude jacked his neck up over the last couple of years. Oh, he gave it just, all. And just wasn't just wasn't himself. That's fair. But it down, doesn't make. On the stretch. But he didn't make any plays. I don't think it made him any He played hurt. I give him all the credit in the world. Tough son of a bitch, man. And great like, football player. Even, and like, a great listen, human being. Listen, you wanted to. You, you, I had an episode saying he could go on. You wanted to have something more tangible. All right more interesting than the obvious but there's only one uh, fucking answer you can't lump micah hyde in with the fucking bum like von miller in the year that he had this year there's only one answer to this question and i get it i get it all right micah made some plays that we sure could have used but 
um philly you know, read the room bro burned. read the room bro the whole city is in love with him and his wife's instagram post saying goodbye all right micah <laughs> hyde is a legend you're a bum and the only answer is von miller you just next, proved to me that next question when you say you don't watch this show and listen to this show i really believe you now because you would have known. You I don't know why you did it before. You would have known that I quite literally, less than two weeks ago, dedicated an entire episode to Micah Hyde asking if he should go on the Bills Wall of Fame someday. Featuring his wife's Instagram post. Featuring all the great things he's done during his career here. I made a case for it. A case against it. So... Yeah, I'm a okay, Mike good, high guy. Okay, then then all I'll say to that is he doesn't belong in the same breath as Von Miller. Okay, you tried too hard for that answer. Right, let's maybe, move on. All right, fair enough. But but Mike High did disappoint. I was disappointed that he was unable to make any meaningful plays this season. And at times he was a flat out liability. He was a liability against the Patriots. He was a liability against the Eagles. I'm if, just I remember, if I remember correctly, though, and you would give yourself this, this out, which was smart, is you would often say, I think the play's going to come from Hyde or Poyer. Yes. I, you know what I mean? And then it ended up being Poyer. Yes. And you should have just rode off into the sunset with Poyer having made the play. It didn't need to be high. I think Jordan Poyer, I think Jordan Poyer played well enough down the stretch. Boy, that's that gonna he be stays. interesting. Him I think come, he stays. Him coming back is gonna be so I think he, I think he stays. So I, I think Micah retires or moves on to another. Did you read, team. Did you read Joe B's fifteen yes. uh, fifteen month plan? My man. Yeah, yeah. My man goes into some details. Yeah, there. he is really good at the athletic. Yeah, All right, favorite. Favorite game, I, I'm sure we both agree on this, the Miami game week four. Don't really need to talk about that too much. You weren't sold after the Washington and the Raider games. You oh. needed to see it against Miami. That was a fun episode to do. It was probably the most fun episode we had this entire season. Bro, It was the most on, downloaded though. one. Hold bro. on, though. I mean, that was a lot of fun. The weather was perfect. The wind was huge. We lost Trey, and that, that deflated that day a little bit. A little bit. We lost Trey, and that deflated that day a little bit. I'm not sure that anything felt better. Even though we did not, we weren't at, like, you know, Rollum type of uh, uh, type of status yet. Like, we, we, we went backwards a little bit offensively that game. I don't know that there was a better day than the Miami finale, man. I mean, okay. when, you, when, you, when, when you know that you just, you know, grabbed the two and it was on. I mean, it was so on. It was so on when we won that game. For me, Week 17 was like, I can't believe this season okay. turned into this. this that's is, fair. This and is the Hardy, that, That's a good point. Plus, you had the Hardy putt return. That was just really cool to finally see him a bus out. For a split second, I thought you were going to say the Chiefs game, and I was about to call you on and call you a liar because – you came on the well, show. I was mad as shit. Yeah, you the came and said they got lucky. The All you got to say is the Bills got lucky. Like in, the, in the running for like the maddest I was after a uh, well, game. Well, least. Why? Right, well, then accurate. the next. That's the next category. Least favorite game. There's some candidates here. Uh, opener. All day. You got the opener of the Jets. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of four. That could. It be. could be. You know. You look. There are things you can put up there, man, for sure. But for me, you know, I think it was the Jets. Those the the midseason malaise. Um, there, there was just a lot of, uh, that's what you've used that word two straight podcasts now. Like Malaise. Yeah. Well, I like the word. You, yeah. It's a good I word. I like the word. word. Um, I think we knew that we had a, uh, an offensive coordinator that wasn't very good, uh, for, for a couple of them. Um, yeah, man. I mean, for me, it was, it was, it was a, it was a shocking, Result and especially with Aaron Rodgers going down, Rodgers went down. It was like, Jesus, what's going on with this? I gave honorable mention to the Patriots loss because I I still can't believe they lost to Mac Jones. Ended up meaning nothing, by the way. I forget about that. Yeah, but yo, I forget about that game all the time. Yeah, they get a lead, they finally start doing, they get a lead, and then the defense just blows it, man. Uh, Jordan Phillips whiffs on a screen pass, and Mac Jones just goes 75 yards effortlessly down the field for me it's the eagles game and if people don't know like what that was a great game it was a fun game it was the game where i thought the season was over they lost that eagles game jay was here with us we watched it we did the show i swore 
that the season was over. We didn't do the show. And, I left. So just, oh, that's right. You didn't do the show. That's right. You left before the game was even over. That's right. I had to do the show fucking solo. Thanks a lot. But seriously, I was out on the Bills at that point. You were out on the Bills for a while after the Jacksonville game in London, and then you found your way back. I was out on the Bills after the Eagles game 100%. And I think that was the low point of Sean McDermott's tenure here, maybe as coach. Just not giving your quarterback even an opportunity to score in the last 20 seconds when you had one timeout and should have had two. I could keep going on. I don't want to rehash that game again. But anyway, my answer is the Eagles. It was just, uh, that for me, that was rock bottom for the season, losing that game. We should have never lost that game. Best game performance individually. And I think you go back to week four for uh, both of my, my honorable mention, Stefan Diggs, he had six catches for 120 yards, three tutties that game. That's when he should have gotten tackled, but he pretty much ran through two guys and ended up scoring. But Josh Allen, week four, Miami, 21 to 25, 320 yards, four touchdowns and a touchdown run that game. AFC offensive player of the week. So uh, to me, that's kind of a no brainer. And then worst individual. I mean, you just talked about this game, Josh against the Jets in week one. One of the rare games where you could say Josh Allen was the worst player on the field for the Bills. He lost that game. 236 yards he threw for, but he threw three picks. He lost the fumble. He was directly responsible for four turnovers that game. And they lost by a field goal in overtime. Maybe the worst game of his career. Certainly one of them. Uh, what else I got here? See, this is proof that we don't talk about any of this shit. Well, I, because you guy, a guy you mentioned already, he's I have an unsung hero category. And I went with Spencer Brown. And my honorable mention is Christian Benford. Two guys that you have talked about here. Well, that's your fault because, quite frankly, you just, you know, it's too similar. Most pleasant surprise and unsung hero is just too similar. I'll go back to your uh, best game, worst game, though. I'm fine with Josh in the worst game against the Jets. I'd, uh, I'd argue that based upon when it came in the season and how important the victory was against a team that, um, you know, I think a lot of people thought we would struggle to beat. I, I'm going to, I'm going to put James Cook's game against Dallas, Dallas. in the, uh, in the conversation okay. there with Josh is against my 71 on the ground, one AFC offensive player of the week. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah. That's a good point. That that's huge. fair. Uh, all right. So one song hero, we, you talked about Christian Bedford. I agree. And you mentioned Spencer Brown. I don't think it can be stated enough what a perceived glaring weakness or at least question mark right tackle was going into the season. And it was frustrating to see the Bills not address middle linebacker or right tackle in free agency or the draft. We were we were befuddled at that at the time. And I remember Brandon Bean talking about Spencer Brown not being healthy, the back and this and that. I'm like, eh, dude kind of sucks. He was good this year. He wasn't, he wasn't like a, a mauler. Like you didn't see a bunch of highlights of him just pancaking people every week, but what you did or what you didn't hear was his name called very often. It wasn't called for holding, wasn't getting burned for sacks. He was really good this year. So yeah, man, I, that's my unsung hero. What was your best 2023 addition to the team? Whether it's draft trade free agency. This could be a tough one. I, I mean, I got my answer. You want mine first? No. No, I don't. <laughs> um, I, I, I think it's just Roswell Douglas. Um, well, he's up there for me. I, look, How, who do you have different? I had Letter Floyd. Ten and a half sacks coming in. You didn't even sign him until June. He did. He did the, the, a lot of teams of a big favor and knocked Aaron Rodgers out of the season four snaps in. Right. Faded a little bit down the stretch, though, in fairness. But ten and a half sacks, he gave you what you hoped you would get from Vaughn Miller this season, I think. And he had other plays besides just the sacks as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah well, was huge, though. You got a wrong answer Floyd. there. I, look, I tell you, I, I'll tell you why. Those I might not make the playoffs if they don't trade for. I'll Russell tell you Douglas. why I forget about Floyd and and and. Um, 
and gravitate to Douglas so quickly is because I'm already in off-season mode. All right. I'm I'm to me, Leonard Floyd's <laughs> like an expel. I'm not even thinking about the impact that he made on the season just passed because I don't think I'm ever gonna see him again. Roswell Douglas, no, I feel differently about that. Leonard Floyd, he's already said he's going where the money is. So ah, he, him, Leonard man. Floyd ain't coming back. Yeah, yeah, he deserves it. Good. I appreciate that. I ain't hating on him. I'm not hating him at all. Thanks for a good season and good luck getting a someone else to give you a big money because it's not going to be the Buffalo Bills. So he's definitely, I'd be stunned if he's back. Uh, worst 2023 edition. What player that the Bills signed or draft, whatever, somebody, your worst, the worst edition of the season. I'll give you mine. It's Trent Sherfield. I expected a lot more from him. He came from Miami. I remember Tyreek Hill was mad, big bad, that he signed with the Bills. I remember him tweeting it out right afterwards. And short of the really nice individual play in the Miami finale. Dude did nothing all season long. And then to make matters worse, he dropped not one, but two long passes against the Chiefs. So to me, this is pretty easy. I don't know about you. Well, if not for the um, the seismic play that the guy made in what I called my favorite game of the season, I guess, I guess I got to... I guess I got to recognize the play that he made to win that game. But, you know, I, I think almost I feel like Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield are almost like yeah. attached at the hip. They gave Hardy in, a bigger in, contract. In, in, in the same way that that uh, what Eric Johnson and and, uh, and Connor, Con Clifford. Connor Clifton are for Clifton. the – Clifton can't get his fucking Sabres, name right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, they, they were – you know, they were two signings that were me meant to, um, you know, help kind of weaponize the wide receiver position, and that didn't happen, bro. That just that that totally not because of them didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, and then when asked to, um, you know, to fill a major void in the area of uh, of starting depth in the playoffs. Sherfield was a um was a non-factor. I had his back all season. Important things. It's just it's hard to go with anyone other than than Sherfield. And if you want it, and you know can kind of separate yourself from the from the punt return, I think they were looking for more than just you know a single sure uh, punt return highlight from sure. from Deontay Hardy. So. Uh, you know, uh, one the only other position I would even mention. Could be defensive tackle guys, uh, Puna Ford, and then Ball Joseph, two guys they signed, um, one in the summer, one during the season. Uh, the hope they'll get something from Daquan Jones, and they really didn't give the Bills anything. However, no, Ford's worth Ford's worth putting in the conversation, though. Yeah, man. but they did hurt we the were defense. Excited he, about Ford, sure. Oh, yeah. he wasn't shit. No, he didn't do anything this year, and um, but I also feel like. He didn't really hurt the defense. Didn't really suffer that much, though. No, they did. Accurate. They did. They did not right, suffer right. that much. Uh, and and like I said, were, with Sherfield, oh, I had his back. I thought it was more about opportunity the whole season long. I'm like, well, you can't be bad at the guy. He's not getting a lot of opportunities. Then he dropped two passes against the Chiefs. I'm like, those are tough catches. It's one one and a half drops at most. Come on. His arm was being held on the one, and I'm not whining for a penalty on it, but he literally only got one arm on one. And the other one was absolutely at the uh at, at his shoelace. Well, not his shoelaces, but it would have been a shoestring catch, I think they 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 call it. Remember, those were not those were not gimme drops. Those were not. Gimme drops. Remember when you said this was going to be like 38 minutes with duration? Yeah, we're at 55. I have two more for you. And they're not, well, they're technically awards, but I guess there's questions more to you. What was your favorite thing looking back now about the 2023 season? What's your favorite thing? Do you want to answer first? You want me to go oh, first? It's the, it's the anticipation of hosting Kansas City, man. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. The, the, the whole, the, from the minute, from the minute we walked into um, Miami on that season finale Sunday night, all I thought about was this is the year we get them here. This is the year we get them here. And that, even though it only represents about a span of three weeks, they were as fun of three weeks as I've had. Okay, over the course of the McDermott era. Okay. 
one hundred percent. All right. Um, quick honorable mention. I, I think Sean McDermott in the back half of the season changed. I liked how he got much more aggressive. I think he started felt to me like he was relating to the players more. Um, so I'm much higher on him now than I was at earlier in the year. But for me, it's uh it was the emergence of the secondary guys. Now this felt like to some extent, even wrongfully so, but Josh Allen, you talked about this earlier. Josh better carry his team on offense. And Stefan Diggs better be great too. But now, with the emergence of Shakir and Cook and Kincaid, this offense just feels so much better set up for success going forward. Not to mention they're definitely going to get somebody receiver-wise in the draft. So for me, my favorite part is the emergence of younger secondary guys. I don't even think you should go to your last, uh, you know, your last thing here, your least favorite thing about the season. Why? Because I believe that you should end it on that take, which was a very, very strong take. And, all right, and this show and whatever takes you may end this show with could be your last takes ever <laughs> as you as you head out into the high school. Fair enough. Uh, you know the what? of iron, sir. I seriously can. And Fair enough. Will. All right. No least favorite thing about the, certainty. No least favorite thing about the season. We'll end it on a positive note. Thank you all for watching, for listening. I'll be back with a brand new episode. Tom Tibbetts from Channel 7 joins me tomorrow. Talk to you then.